You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. That trailer for that hardcore movie you posted on our Facebook page actually looks pretty badass. I'm not going to lie, yeah. I'm, I almost wish they'd done hardcore in 3D, like a first-person perspective 3D movie. That was that was exactly what I was thinking. I was, I was like, this is actually a film I would like to see in IMAX 3D because it's from a first-person perspective. They're doing all sorts of crazy shit, like, you know, parkour-type shit. Like, shit you see, like, transporter-type movies with a lot of running and, and jumping uh, around and stuff in hand-to-hand combat. I mean... I don't know how well this story is going to be. It's got a bit of a RoboCop feel to it because yeah. you can tell in like the trailer the guy has robotic limbs attached to him. Yeah. And he's kind of like in that bed that kind of like RoboCop's in and there's like a doctor talking to him kind of like operating on him. Right, right. Like gearing said, up his systems. There is a highly – there's a high possibility that, that the story is going to absolutely suck for this film. But from the trailer at least – it still is like okay, this is something that we haven't seen done before. Like you saw first person angle in the the Doom movie that uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was in for is, like two minutes, right? But like this the, this trailer that we're talking about, which you can find on our Facebook page, just search My Comic Life, is the whole movie's from the first person perspective. So that's pretty cool. It also it also looks like that the main character doesn't talk at all. I mean, at least we at least in the trailer. Uh, there, there are no. How words has nobody from thought about doing a movie from a first-person perspective until now? Because of technology. I mean, because to because of how <laughs> I mean, technology is because in order to for the longest time, in order to get high-quality film, you had to have these big cameras. But now, as everything's moving over to digital, yeah, like a GoPro. You can, yeah, you can get smaller and still uh, keep that that same quality. So. That that's that's why. That's well, I mean, why this film it. definitely looks cheesy in certain places. Like they had to hire, you know, like off the street actors, you know. Yeah. But damn, it just looks so cool that I yeah. still want to go see it. it. It really does. Go on over to our Facebook page and look at the mm-hmm. uh, trailer for Hardcore that we have up there. Uh, uh, it is a red band trailer. So NSFW. Yeah, so not safe for work. Yeah, don't watch it at work or around young kids. Uh, this is my comic life on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Jeff, and sitting across from me, as always, is Sam. We want to thank you so much for joining us for this week. As we mentioned, you can find us on Facebook. Just do a search for the show name, My Comic Life, and we'll be right there. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle on both of those are at my comic underscore life. And, uh, I, yeah, I think that's going to cover uh, all the social media. So let's get uh, right into it, Sam. Uh, first up, last week we were talking to that, you know, Frankie Muniz was just tweeting out of there being like, hey, you know, I would like to do some more Malcolm in the Middle, see where Malcolm and his family's at. And Sam and I kind of passed it off as like, yeah, someone might need a little bit of cash. But one person who is definitely set in the financial department uh has come out and said, you know what? I would like to do more Malcolm in the Middle, too. Yeah, fuck me. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. making me eat my own words from last week. I was like, Cranston won't come back. He's too big for this. Yeah, Branson was uh, doing some press in Canada and uh, told, uh, was it, uh, yeah, uh, Entertainment Tonight in Canada, that uh, he would love to play uh, the role of Hal again. And uh, when asked uh, which of his uh, previous roles he would really he would like to return to, Cranston told ET Canada, quote, uh, it would be fun to pick up Hal's clothes again and be fun and sweet and adorable and helpless and clueless and half, afraid of everything. Half the time, Hal was in his underwear yeah, in the show. he really was. And I guess that was kind of, if I remember correctly, that was kind of uh, a thing in the first season of Breaking Bad is there were parts where he would... Oh, yeah, constantly he, in his underwear. In his underwear. Yeah, because he, he, would, he, would, he would cook in his underwear, so his clothes would exactly, smell like... But also, I think they were saying... That, like, it was also kind of a throwback to that, like, you know, like a little Easter egg for hardcore fans. So, uh, that's cool. So, still, the everyone, this is still just, like, two... You're saying rumors. Exactly. Fox isn't saying anything ab- uh, about if they're actually going to do it. Uh, I know that this has also caused a lot of Breaking Bad fans, like, I, I know this is polling, but they're like, ah, this proves that Walter White's in the... Uh, WITSEC program. In, yeah, you know, and... His alter, uh, his uh, his uh, new identity is that of um, Hal. So, that 
I think that's a kind of a fun tie-in that fans. I mean, it's a huge leap. But well, yeah, it's, no, it's, but it, it's fun to like tie in like that universe of yeah. continuity right there. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, taking it, so so we'll see if maybe Fox does. I'm gonna say with like Crayon Steam, you're like, yeah, I'd come back. I think Fox execs ears may start perking up, going, hey. If Cranston will come back on board, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if uh, all this uh, hypothetical talk uh, gets turned into reality. But for now, once again, it's hypothetical and just just kind of something fun to talk about. Now, something that is set in stone that we shouldn't know is spoiler. set in stone. Yes. Spoiler alert. We have a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, so, and, and it's about uh, our favorite show, Game of Thrones. Is uh, I have a feeling that uh, Cur- uh, Kit uh, Harrington is getting talked to by a PR coach right now. Or executives at HBO. Yeah, I think I think the execs at HBO might have sent the PR coach to him to be like, this is how you got to handle certain interview situations. Because during a recent interview in uh, Belgium, uh, he... Uh, uh, For Humo Magazine. Yeah, is, uh, he, uh, Kurt kind of, uh, he, he let out some big stuff about his... His Game of Thrones contract. Exactly. Is um so in in an interview, he was asked uh, exactly how much longer he has a Game of Thrones contract for. And uh, uh, Harrington uh, said, uh, nice try. I can't talk about that. Let's just say that Game of Thrones will remain a part of my life, uh, a part of my life for a while. I'll probably be in my 30s when it's over. So. Harrington turns 28 this year, which means that he will be on board for at least another two years, which puts us right at season eight, which is expected to be the last season of Game of Thrones. So no, it has to go 10 seasons. Come on. Well, I mean, they're talking. I think it's still funny that we're now at the point where we're talking about ending the series before ending the books. Like, I think to me, that's hilarious. So, do I mean? That's kind of a spoilerific thing of yeah. Harrison saying, "Yes, wink, wink, I'm coming back." Well, also, yeah, is there been reports that people were trying to see if he was going to be um, uh, on filming locations, but HBO has been keeping a real tight lid on you know what all is allowed to be seen at uh, on a location. So. It's kind of his own. It's well, no, not kind of his. It is absolutely his fault that we now know this information, and now this goes back to our final Game of Thrones uh, episode uh, for the watch. For for the watch. So, Sam, you had the theory that um, the red, uh, well, we call her the the the, the, the red, red witch, the but... red witch, uh, you know, but Stannis Baratheon's. Um, uh, Witch advisor yeah. lover exactly we you had the theory that she was going to bring Jon Snow back and have him fight for uh, f- fight for her and to to get revenge for Stannis spoiler you know his well, his demise spoiler she thought Stannis was the reincarnation of Rhaegar Targaryen and spoiler 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 you find out that it's actually good chance that it's John who is a descendant of Rhaegar Targaryen. Yeah, because it could be Rhaegar reincarnated. Yeah, because that's one thing that, like, you know, in the show, everyone focuses on that. You know, that he's a Stark, but it's like, you know, he's a bastard Stark, right? So, like, we have this whole other heritage that we Which can it, explore. I know it gets me so excited because it sets up that he's related to Daenerys Targaryen. It does which that. I mean, who knows? No one knows because we're ahead of the books now. But so, yes. but so, all we do know is that that uh, he's not going to be dead for two years. So maybe in season eight, maybe that's where he eats it. I mean, the other popular theory, and this will be crazy if they explain it this way, is that Jon Snow had a twin brother that nobody knew about that has you know taken his place a few times, like when he hasn't been able to go out and do stuff, maybe, or when he's been. Need to like stay back and like guard the watch and everything. What? Yeah. And so and it was his brother, tw- his, his twin brother, that got stabbed that night on the on the snow. Mm. That sounds too soap opera. Like, it really does plot like, for me. Exactly. Is that my secret twin brother took my? Well, well, yeah. No, that sounds like you know. That sounds like a, a bunch of bad writers wrote themselves into a corner, and they're like, uh, uh. 
Dream sequence. Now it's been done. Twin brother. Perfect. Perfect. Let's just like, go with my theory that the witch resurrects him because she finds out he's a true descendant of Rhaegar Targaryen. I mean, it, it's weird that we're saying that bringing someone back from the dead is the most most plausible and, and well, quite possibly theory realistic theory. That Rhaegar took, oh man, whoever the king was in like season one, took his sister, raped her, got her pregnant, out popped Jon Snow, and that's why, and that's why um, Ned kept um, John and claimed him as his own. So it's, it's because he always had strong feelings for fat king's sister i'm I sorry you. i'm blinking on his yeah name. I, I know i know who you're talking about yeah uh, i hadn't heard that theory that's an interesting that's theory a, that's another theory i've heard floating around um by the way if i'm spoiling anything for anybody sorry no nah, dude Fuck season, it. season's been over for yeah. a little while so those are all theories and speculations i've been reading on message boards and fan sites and other things like yeah. that so uh so but at least now we I mean, this also is what kind of sucks about hearing this type of news is now we know when we watch next season, it's like, we know Jon Snow is going to be okay, no matter what he cliffhanger bullshit thing they leave. coming back in nothing but flashbacks. Nah. For, for two years? For two years? That's me stretching because I still want to be surprised by him coming back to life, you know? No, but like... I know. This is spoiled for me. Yeah, now. you don't do two years worth of flight. Like, <laughs> like, no, no, that's not how it works. That <laughs> the, ne- the next two years is just Arya just fondly remembering John. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't see it that way. I d- sorry, I don't, I don't see it that way. Uh, so yeah, so <sighs> thank Damn you, it. Kit, for ruining that for us. Yeah. I really, I knew you were coming back, but I still wanted to be shocked exactly. by you coming back. Exactly, because like there was still that that like shred of doubt of like yeah. You know, maybe, but it's like when Coulson got speared in Avengers, and I was having huge fights with everybody saying that he wasn't dead, versus people screaming at me that he was dead. Yeah, does not spoil that for anybody. <laughs> Mainly because do they do that tie-in with Shield? Yeah, Agents of Shield yeah. like, explains what happens to him. Yeah, so don't spoil that for me because I'm I'm saving up to do the uh, MCU in chronological order. Uh, so that involves watching Shield. So so. When I was saying, don't and spoil it. Season one it, explains what happened to him after he gets gotcha. run through. Gotcha. Let's move on now to uh, the source material that a lot of stuff we talk about. Uh, that would be comics. And oh, oh, yeah, is it comics? Is it comics? Yeah, it's comics. It's comics. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so we got some uh, Batman news. Is once again, comics are taking on social issues and the issues that are you know dominating the headlines. Comics have kind of done this in certain times. <laughs> Yeah, no, they have. Because back in the 70s, like with the X-Men and stuff like that, you know, you were seeing them take on issues of race and homophobia. Yep. With, with the outcast of mutants, you know? Yeah. Well, now we have, at least from what I know of, our first comic that's taking on what has been a big issue recently in the United States is uh, is a racial, I, I guess, profiling and... and Murders and, and police, you know, police racial profiling and 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 the string of police violence towards uh, black men in our country. And Batman is taking this on in a in an upcoming issue. Batman number forty four. Uh, Zach uh, Zach Snyder tells us that it's going to be a flashback story uh, that begins with a blunt image of a dead black boy and his body left for quote the crows uh, as the narration reads. Uh, Renaissance of uh, Michael Brown in Ferguson. He wears a hoodie sweatshirt, as did uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, and it, it's it's going to be a heavy issue. So they're they're flat out. You know, Snyder has said we're taking on these two issues: the issues that were in Ferguson and the issue of Trayvon Martin. And you know, we're going we're we're gonna we're gonna tell this story. And and what's interesting is how they're bringing Batman into this. Is because the way the story goes is is a young black man is shot by a veteran Gotham uh, PD detective, and Batman he's he's torn because he, yeah because he, he respects the law and he's normally a guy right. who lives in a very black and white world right like where s- he finds the bad guy he beats him up puts him in jail yeah he's making but, an example of like this is what is wrong. This is what's going to happen. But what to if you. this cop just made a mistake or mistook the actions right. of is, somebody? Is so, so, so what what happens is 
is is th- is this this kid is in his uh, father's bodega and a gang is in there and they're roughing up the store and they call the cops and before the cops show up the gang leaves the bodega and the son and father are left in the store and this cop doesn't you know tell tells the kid hey get on the ground and before he can get on the ground the cop shoots and and mortally wounds him uh, with a gut shot and so it it's you know it's 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 exactly like you know the stuff that we've been hearing about you know yeah bravo to scott and, snyder for taking right such a hard well and issue and, and also th- what's great about this is this is batman really really having to live in a gray area yeah you know this isn't a simple this is cut like and dry joker kills 100 people batman beats him to a pulp and we all cheer at the end right right this is like you know like Ooh, I have a lot of tie to Gotham PD, and now I'm going after one of their own. What is this in turn going to, you know, do to me? But do I stand up what's for right? You know, is like, you know, and, and like you said, is is did this cop give him proper orders? Like, you know, like did did he follow procedure? And was it, as as they say, a good a good shoot, you know? That's what's all going to be covered in this issue. And that's, that's I mean, I'm not... I'm not a huge Batman fan. I haven't read any of the comics. I, I like the movies. I you know. Uh, see, I've I've re- I've read a lot of the comics. See, but this is this is an issue where it's like you know, I I kind of want to jump on here, and it sounds like this is a good jumping on point because it sounds like you know, like I said, is Zack Snyder is is putting Batman in Scott mo- Snyder. Sorry, yeah. Zack's directing the movies. I know, I know. Uh, that Scott Snyder is is doing this new story, this new arc of Batman. Of you know of him living in this gray world of I think crime. I'll be picking up forty four. No, I definitely will too. I definitely will too. Is uh, you know I really like uh, Scott Snyder. He was writing a uh, a comic for Image called uh, Witches, which was a lot of fun. But I think his duties of writing Batman has kind of delayed. And I just want to say bravo to both Marvel and DC for you know stepping up and taking on issues you know in comics because they're kind of having a resurgence with all these comic book films and they're becoming a stronger medium that people relate to and often pick up and read. Yeah, but it's not good news for all comics out there. No, some is, uh, you know, d- is, is while some DC comics are doing really well, like just, Batman, just like in TV, not all shows can do well. So, uh, DC has, uh, has announced that they are canceling uh, five comics that Giving are, the old axe to him that's right is so uh so here's the quick rundown is we got justice league united gotham by midnight the omega men lobo and doomed they will all be reaching their final issues this year is uh it's expected that the uh, issue number six of doom that's coming out in november will be the last issue of that ending its run and then the other issues will be ending their run in December. Justice League United is uh, going to end on issue number 16. And then Gotham by Midnight will end its run on issue number 12. While the Omega Men will end their run on issue number 7. And I didn't even know... Uh, Colin Bunn, he's one, of my, he's one of my favorite comic book writers. I didn't even know he was writing a comic... Like I knew he was doing a, a Dark Horse comic, but I didn't know he was doing a DC comic. Yeah, out of, out of all these, Lobo is the one I'm most disappointed. That, yeah, that's getting canceled because Lobo's a really fascinating kind of crazy DC character. He's a he's a space mutant bounty hunter who basically just drinks and smokes a ton. And he sounds awesome. Yeah, and basically he just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, he's like that he, sounds awesome. That sounds right up Colin Bunn's uh, wheelhouse. He's constantly giving like the middle finger to like Superman and Batman, and just being like, "Fuck all you guys! I'm gonna go kill some people and get this done my way." What? Yeah. Why am I just? Why do in in whenever you've been doing your comic book new releases, why did you never want to say this comic? I don't know, but they, they also this kinda, sounds amazing. They also kind of reimagined Lobo, and I kind of liked more of the '80s and '90s Lobo. This new Lobo kind of looks a little too buff and pretty boy for me. <sighs> okay, so I don't know. That's why it kind of flew under my radar. But you know, when they release it in trade paperback, I'll probably pick it up and read. Well, it. Well, considering that they're ish, that they're run, uh, ending the run on issue number thirteen, I would imagine. I'd imagine the volume one of the trade paperbacks already out because those are typically like the first five, first six issues of of, of the run. So, uh, update to this story though. Recently, okay, uh, IGN has announced that actually three more 
are getting the axe. Two digital titles and one print title. The two digital titles are Batman 66 and Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman. Uh, you'll see their final issues in December of this year. And then Green Lantern, The Lost Army, which is not present on, DC sim- or on DC's, DC's December slate, will end in issue six. And then they're saying that, that there will be a limited series run to wrap up the entire story of Green Lantern, Lost Army going on right now. Hmm. Well, that's like giving somebody like a made for TV movie, you know, just like, yeah. hey, we didn't finish this up for you. So quickly made for TV movie. Right. We're going to fit all the, the things that we would have fit Man, the five so, season into that. So 45 D- minutes. So a DC's canceling a total of eight. Yeah. Eight books. Wow. Like I knew after when they relaunched the new 52 that quickly after there were some titles that they were they're like, well, I think let's let's not do these. I think Marvel's kind of may do the same thing after Secret Wars like some of their titles may get the axe but they're also launching a lot of new titles like, like we talked about Red Wolf yeah. last week you know they've got some kind of new original ideas on the horizon that are coming out you want to talk about another one of those new original ideas that's coming out yeah actually I do Let's this talk- I'm kind of excited about I am actually kind of excited about this too Is so uh, if you know if, if you've been reading uh, Deadpool Secret Wars <laughs> Is you know that on the that there was a variant cover of uh, Deadpool Secret Secret Deadpool Secret Wars number two, uh, there was a variant cover uh, that you know Marvel does this whenever a new I guess a new comic launches is, is they'll do variant covers of different issues and put them in the main character's costume. So when they launched uh, Gwen Stacy, uh, it, was she as Spider? Did they still call it Spider Man or was it Spider Gwen? Spider Gwen. Okay, so when they launched Spider Gwen, she was on all these different covers, and on Deadpool Secret Wars number two, she was on there dressed up at, uh, in in her Gwen Stacy uh, colors, but in a Deadpool style outfit. And this and, actually caught on. People started dressing up as Gwenpool at cons. Right, right, right. They they dubbed her Gwenpool, <coughs> and you know mashup of Gwen Stacy and Deadpool. And yeah, people have been cosplaying a lot of her. Uh, and it looks like that uh, Marvel is really in touch with the cosplay scene and uh, and in touch with its its fans. And they have said, OK, let's do this. Let's give uh, let's give Gwenpool her own comic. So now it's, it's just going to be a one, it's a shot. one shot. So here, here's how it's working is uh, Howard the Duck. They just relaunched that after the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, post credit scene, and they did a five issue run, which I just got done reading and was actually really great. And in the last issue, they were like, "Hey, you know, we're taking a break. We'll be back after Secret Wars because Howard the Duck had n- no tie into Secret Wars." And so after Secret Wars wraps up and Marvel starts to launch all these new comics, is that's when uh, we're going to see G- uh, Gwenpool. And so the first three issues of the of the Howard the Duck series. Uh, will be followed. Uh, she will make, I believe, a uh, the character will be featured in a uh, three-part backup story in the first three issues of Howard the Duck. That's how I meant to say it. And then that will be followed up by a Gwen Stacy, or sorry, Gwen uh, Gwen Pool special number one in December. And like we said, it will be a one-shot. The story will be uh, that uh, Gwen Pool is going to a party thrown by She-Hulk. And you can and uh, there's a we they have the image of the cover and it's it looks a, like a Christmas party. Yeah, it's a Christmas party being uh, held by She-Hulk and a ton of uh, of Marvel characters you can see on the cover. I can see Deadpool dressed up as Santa Claus and I can I, see Storm. Storm. I see Storm. I see Rocket Raccoon. I see the new Miss Marvel. Where do you see Rocket Raccoon? He's standing right under Deadpool. Drinking. Oh, there he is. Oh yeah. And there's a girl in purple. Venturing, I guess, maybe Jessica Jones. I don't know. Throwing her in there because of her Marvel yeah. Netflix series. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you're a big fan of Spider-Gwen like I was and thought it was a really kick-ass series, mm-hmm. good news, uh, Spider-Gwen comic series is getting a relaunch in the fall, and it takes place after the events of Secret Wars. And if you're into Marvel, Mo- Marvel, wow, Marvel. Yeah, that's Fuck. what they're changing it to. They're going real old school. <laughs> Yeah, Marvel Mobile Games. Uh, Spider-Gwen will be an available character in Marvel Contest of Champions this fall, so look out for that character as well. Yeah. 
sticking with the theme of Deadpool is Fox has announced that they are well, they haven't announced. They've officially greenlit it yet. Right. But they are already talking. That's a better way of saying it. Fox is already talking about moving forward with a Deadpool sequel. Should also be noted. Now the article doesn't really talk about this, but I just find this really interesting that he that the article also mentions really quick that uh, they're also going forward with a Fantastic Four sequel. Which the only reason they're doing that is, and we brought this up before, is because Fox will lose the rights to Marvel if they don't make a sequel once every right. But as yada, we, yada, but yada. as as we have learned, is well, first of all, they just made the film so they can wait another ten years, you know. But also, good as, night. They can wait a while. <laughs> But also, as we have learned, they can make the film yeah. and then never release it, and that still renews their rights. So, kind of like the Roger Corman Fantastic right. Four. But also, so bad. But also, I th- really what I think it is, is I, I think while Fantastic Four did really shitty here in Are the States. Are you telling me it's doing well overseas? I don't think it's doing great. I don't think it's making its money back, but I definitely think it's doing better overseas than what it's doing in the United, in the United States. But, you know, it's still not doing fantastic. Get it? Uh, yeah, ha, ha, that ha. one took you a minute. That one oh took you a minute. Oh my gosh! But Fox is is talking about doing the Deadpool sequel, which is, I think, that makes me happy because that means that they have a lot of faith in this. But it is a huge risk, especially because we don't see a lot of R-rated comic book movies. I haven't seen an like the Punisher. I was going to go Punisher, Watchmen, Blade were the only couple of rated R comic book movies that come to mind. Right, because, you know, Marvel, they've been making all their their stuff PG-13, so that way they can hit the the teenage audience, whereas R... Tell me, how are you going to sell kids on Deadpool? Well, that's exactly why you can go R with it, you know, so there is a little bit of a risk already planning a a sequel to, to this film because, like I said is one it hasn't been released yet so we don't know how it's going to do and then also is is your numbers are already limited more because of that r rating so we'll see but there is there is some good news is uh is you know during um during the process of of making the deadpool movie is uh there was talk of like you know well is cable going to be involved and ultimately, yeah, ultimately, as we know, Cable's not involved in this first Deadpool movie. Cable and Deadpool have a pretty big intertwining story, right? But uh, Simon uh, uh, Kimberg, who is who is producing not only the X Men movie, uh, X Men movies, but also the Deadpool movie, uh, he has said that uh, you know it's that it certainly came up during uh, during talks about the movie uh, because. As you know, Cable is such a big part of Deadpool's world that they would like to see Cable get into a Deadpool sequel if there was one. So, And he's also saying, based on a rough cut that he's seen of this film, mm-hmm. that he believes it has the strength to merit a sequel already, which speaks yeah. volumes about how good this movie could be. Yes, but also you're talking about someone who helped produce it, so they're definitely not going to produce a film and then come out and talk shit yeah. about it. Well, so. I mean, if he had said that he had helped produce the Fantastic Four film, would have been like, oh, gosh, no, yeah. no, he already wants a sequel, but he's producing the X-Men films out of Fox, which, aside from a hiccup or two, have been pretty solid movies across the board. Yeah, I, d- I would I would say their win-loss ratio with the X-Men films are about even. I would say only two bad films out of a total run of, and that's including a spinoff movie there in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Right. Well, I'm counting all of the movies, all the X-Men movies Fox have done. X-Men. You got X-Men. X-Men 2. X-Men 3, which was bad. Bad. It's, X-Men. Uh, or, Days of Future Past. Which was good. X-Men Age of Apocalypse Origins. Well, well no, we can't count Age sorry. of Apocalypse because that no, hasn't sorry. come out Days yet. Days of Future Past. You already did that one. Okay. Yeah, so I would say two out of what, uh, like seven. No, because I know, I know what you're saying. What are the two you're saying are bad? Three in the first Wolverine film. Yeah, the X-Men. Uh, so that well, leaves X-Men 1, 2. Depending on who past. you talk to, is a, is I've heard a lot of good arguments. Six, sorry. So two out of six. Well, no, but that's where I'm going. I've heard a lot of good arguments. I don't personally share it because I actually kind of like the film. 
but I've heard a lot of people have some negative things to say about X-Men First Class and that it wasn't up to par. Not with Days the, of Future Past? No, X-Men First Class. Ah. See, I've heard a lot of people be negative on Days of Future Past. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, heard more, I've heard more arguments <laughs> against uh, First Class being a bad X-Men film than for it to be a good one. Blasphemy. I'm telling. I liked it, but I've 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 heard. I've like I said. I've I've heard. You gotta be open to these ideas. People are crazy. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but so uh, now moving from the, I don't. I guess you wouldn't call it Mar- moving from Fox's, Fox's Marvel, Marvel universe there it is, to, to the actual well, Marvel universe. Is uh, we have an update on the uh, Doctor Strange movie. Is they have cast a uh, a new actress, the lovely Rachel McAdams, that you know her from The Notebook, A Midnight in Paris, and most recently the terrible, terrible, absolutely terrible second season of True Detective. I'm not saying that was her fault. I'm just saying that was a terrible season, and they got to get their shit together for season three. Did you watch it? No, not yet. Oh, don't. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna save you. Like I didn't. I didn't even get past. I, I think I stopped at episode three or episode four. Damn, I was really hoping because they had a really awesome kick-ass cast for season two. Yeah, they did, but the writing was awful. But it wasn't. So it wasn't Rachel McAdams' fault. For her part, she 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 did she did pretty good for what she was given. But now she has been cast in a movie that hopefully will be better than season two of True Detective. Doctor Strange, who already stars now, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Mr. Uh, Cumberbatch. Do we think she's going to be Benedict's love interest, or will she be a fellow <laughs> sorcerer with Benedict here, fighting alongside him? What are we feeling? I honestly, <clears throat> I don't know, because I don't know a lot about Doctor Strange. Here's what I know about Doctor Strange. He's a neurosurgeon turned sorcerer, and he's being played by Mr. Sherlock Holmes. All you know? It's kind of all I know. He gets in a wreck. He is a brilliant neurosurgeon. He's an arrogant prick at first. He gets in an accident that mangles his hands to where he can't operate anymore. He bankrupts himself traveling across the world looking for cures so he can get back to being an arrogant prick surgeon. Winds up in like the mountains of Tibet somewhere. Finds this ancient mystic who's being played by Tilda Swinton. Gender bent role there. Kudos Marvel. And uh, he finds out through magic that he can bend and heal his hands, but he gives up surgery to become the Sorcerer Supreme and fight off the forces of evil. Okay, and so he has a love interest, and then a there's another female sorcerer well, in the like, story? Well, because like when, he, when he finds like the ancient you know mystical place in the mountains, like mm-hmm. there are other sorcerers training there with him. Like He's not oh. the only one. Oh, so this is like a school. Yeah, in fact, that's where one of his mortal enemies Baron Mordo comes from because originally he thought well Baron Mordo thought he was going to be the Sorcerer Supreme and he was training under the Ancient One but once he figures out that it's not going to be him he gets pissed off accepts a deal with an evil dimensional demon and Benedict Cumberbatch steps up okay and I may have just given away the movie there yeah sounds like it but but since you're familiar with the comic who do you think that Rachel McAdams is going to be playing? Either one of the, either one of the sorcerers that he's training with, or I mean, before he cracked his hands, he did kind of have an on again, off again, love, loving relationship with a doctor at the hospital he was working so at. Are you saying that her character, if she's one of these two, she's still not going to probably be a prominent uh, character in the movie because s- there are other no because key, if key she's characters. love interest. Hello, third act, capture the girlfriend, make him give up whatever powerful object he has that the bad guy wants to free the ultimate bad guy. Okay. That could easily be a written-in plot point. Or she could just be like, you know, kind of like one of the fellow sorcerers who fights alongside him to vanquish the evil. Okay. All of those sound reasonable plausibilities to me. Because, like I said, I'm not familiar with it. I'm not familiar with it. Sometimes the Marvel Cinematic Universe can be really confusing when you, you you don't know all all of the key characters and plot lines of I'm about to make myself sound very lonely uh, here. Oh sh- YouTube history of videos, Marvel Wiki, Marvel dictionaries, go back and do your research on these characters. Or you know what I could just do? I could just pick up one of Marvel's new official guidebooks. Hey, hey there you go. Is what are these guidebooks th- th- anyway? This, this is fucking crazy. Marvel is releasing, like, remember in school 
when you didn't want to read To Kill a Mockingbird. So you got the Cliff Notes exactly. version? Exactly. This is what this is going to be. This is essentially going to be Cliff Notes to Marvel's cinematic universe. So it won't tie in to anything that Fox and Sony are doing. Basically, Sorry. Basically, there's a book saying, hey, if you came in late, this is what the story is about? Pretty much. is Just go watch the damn movies. Well, no, but, but these are meant to be like <laughs> companion pieces to where like, you can watch the movie and look stuff up in the book. So I can read fun facts about what happened on the set of Iron Man 2. Right. Is So, th- yeah, that's exactly what this uh, IGN article says. Is the guide, the guide will include what they call fun facts regarding various interweaving characters of the MCU, production stills, and uh, movie to comic uh, comprehend. Uh, comp- Come on, Jeff. Sound it out. Compositions. Comprehensions or compositions? Whichever one makes sense. I'm going to go with compositions. This sounds like pop up video done in book form. Yeah, I I think I think you're absolutely right. But it's supposed to give you like so. I get it though because like you know, say say you don't want to watch Agents of Shield and there are still key plot points that happen on Agents of Shield and there are that then go into like another MCU movie. I don't watch it in the show, so I don't know what the setups were. Now I can sit here and read this book and be like, okay, I'm watching Iron Man 2. You know, let's see what all goes into Iron Man 2 that I'm not familiar with because I don't watch this show or I didn't read the comic. You know, I think that's clever. And I th- I think it's a good, it's, like I said, it's cliff notes. You know, it's for someone who isn't lonely and who doesn't have all day to marathon watch uh, fucking shields on Netflix. Work a full time job just like you do. Yeah, but you're the one that brought up the fact that you're lonely. I'm kidding. I wasn't so, being serious. So I get to use it now too. Fuck. All I'm saying is, you can just YouTube half of this shit that's going to be in this book, man. There you probably are plenty could. of videos. Of you bi- probably could, but you know what? But for the but it's a collectible for for the hardcore fan. You know, that's who they're going after. And they'll sell units. I oh, yeah. know they no, will. I'll pick it up in like a bookstore and skim it. And I, tell you what, if it has 10 facts that I don't already know, Marvel, you've got my money. Wow, you are you kind of sound arrogant about that, that you already know so much and there's nothing else for you to learn. Wow, man. Wow, arrogant Sam over here. I'm turning my nose up at wow. these companion books. I don't like it, Sam. I don't like. I don't like your attitude about it. Uh, all right, Sam. Let's uh, let's talk about this last. Now, yeah, this isn't you, actually a comic book re- no. movie. Or you and related. I usually bash remakes. I mean, we lit into the Point Break remake on a previous episode. <laughs> That's because of anyone who has seen that preview. Oh God, I saw it like on like the big screen, and I was like, "This doesn't make it any better. It's I, still a shitty movie." I forgot. I I went to go see, I went to go see a movie with someone. I forgot who it was. And they didn't. They. I think it was the last. Yeah, I think it was the uh, the last episode of Afternoon Delight Joe and I did for Fantastic Four, where they played a preview for the new Point Break movie. Joe had Joe had no idea they were remaking it. Had no idea there was a trailer out. And he was like, he was just sitting there watching the trailer, like, what the shit is it? What is it? And I was like, yeah, dude, Point Break. He's like. And like he was just like almost yelled it in the theaters, like "What the fuck they're doing? Point Break remake?" <laughs> and then like once he knew that it was a Point Break remake, he was just awful, awful, awful. Because I believe these men are extreme sports athletes, like I am, yeah. and they're using their abilities to disrupt world markets. It's ridiculous. The fuck plot point is that ridiculous? Uh, but so there. This one though, I'm not gonna bash. Yeah, no, this one. This one sounds kind of cool. This one has potential, and 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 they're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, kudos to MGM for putting a female in this lead role instead of picking out some young cut male actor. So they are remaking the <laughs> 19 is it 1980s in, cult classic Roadhouse. That's right, Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze. Is they're gonna remake this, and in place of Patrick Swayze, they're gonna put uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, huge crush on her. Okay. Dude, <laughs> she's would, beautiful. Oh, no, she is. I would. I don't want to say anything. Love to date that girl. She could, she could hurt the shit out of no, me. No, so Ronda Rousey will be taking over uh, Swayze's role of the character Dalton. She needs to do more. She needs to do more appearances and play more supporting roles before I, I, she should be given a lead. 
I mean, what other films has she been in, Sam, where she was a dominant character, where we where we could say like, wow, she has potential to carry something. I saw her in Furious Seven. She right where she where she was great in that. She was absolutely fantastic in that. I think that but she was only rude. What you just said. She needs to be more supporting roles. Give this girl a shot. No, I'm not. I'm saying that because she she hasn't proven herself as an actor. Well, great. This is her chance to prove herself. Out of the gate, putting her in as a lead role. Yeah. No, that that's a really big risk, and it's it's what concerns me about this is that they're more capitalizing off of the success of her and her name versus putting together a well-named, well-made movie. Is it sound- We haven't even seen shot one. It's not even supposed to begin production until 2016, and you're right. already disparaging this. Well, yes, Sam, because she's not a proven actress. <coughs> is she? Her role in Furious 7 was 10 minutes, and half of it she wasn't even speaking. She did an excellent fight sequence which is no surprise there considering that she's a trained fighter and can easily do the moves that the fight choreographer would have them do. That's not my quite that's not the part that concerns me. The part concerns me is her acting ability because I haven't seen her enough to determine whether or not she's a good actress. She had how many lines of dialogue in, in Fast 7, Sam? How many? Not that many, but she was Exactly. She was good in Entourage. You saw the Entourage movie? Yeah, because I was a fan of the show. Ought, you no, I don't. I'm not taking any more <laughs> fucking shit from you. Someone who wasted money. Like at least when Joe and I go see a bad movie, we can justify it and be like, "This is for the no, podcast." Look, this is what you I, spent your own hard-earned money to go see the Entourage movie. This is what I will say about the Entourage movie. Unless you're a fan of the show, don't go see it because this was just like an entire season of Entourage. Put into a movie. Yeah, that's exactly... But I liked the movie because I was a fan of the show. All right. And I think Rousey deserves this chance. She, I think she needs to prove herself as an actress more. See, I think this will be her proving ground. It's a big risk. Take it. Go for it. Uh, I, I would like to... I like I'm to, excited to see I would this. like to see her in more supporting roles and see her develop in a... You know, develop her, her, her acting abilities. I think you're crazy. For saying that. But okay, okay, Sam, then tell me, what are you basing your judgment off of that she's gonna be a good actress? What do you have in your arsenal that says this is why she's gonna be good in this? Absolutely nothing, but I got Ex faith in her as a person. I'm not saying anything against her as a person. You can sit there and be like, hey, sorry, acting isn't your thing. And that doesn't mean you're a horrible person. Okay, I'm you're misconstruing her what I'm limited saying. Limited screen presence and Furious Seven and Entourage leads me to believe she can carry a movie on her own. Especially one where you're fighting and kicking ass through half of it. Well, and that's the okay. We're not going to agree on. No, this. you're not going to convince me that she should be in more supporting roles. I say give her this movie and let her go. Okay, so okay, I I just can't wait because there's going to be a time when you're like, well, we shouldn't do this actor because he was shitting this and this and this, and then I'm going to be able to say, well, Ronda Rousey hasn't Ronda Rousey hasn't done shit, and you said she was going to be great, so fuck you, Sam. I know this is going to come back and bite I you in the ass. I look forward to making you eat I, your words. I, oh, fuck you. All right. You ready for new releases? <laughs> yes. All right. This is part of the show where we let you know what's new in comic books, what's new in movie theaters, and every now and then, usually at the first of the month, new on Netflix. All right, Sam, as always, what do we have coming out in comics this week? What do we got uh, in uh, Marvel and DC? First off, on the Marvel side, we got Lando number four. Lando has made off with one of the most expensive ships in the galaxy, but now one of the most deadly, effective trackers is around is on his tail. Gets swindled by the smoothest talker in space. So here's what's going on in Lando, because I'm actually reading this one. Okay. <coughs> Issue one, Lando owes a huge debt to this intergalactic gangster. The gangster says, hey, steal this ship for me. I don't care what's in it, whatever in it, art, jewels, treasure, you keep. Just bring the ship to me. That's all I want. So issue one ends, and you find out, damn, Lando just jacked the Emperor's yacht. <laughs> Basically, some, the soldier comes to the Emperor's like, yeah, somebody jacked your like personal luxury spaceship and he's like I'm pissed figure out who it is track him down 
So Lando obviously just dropped off that ship, and now he's got trackers coming after him, being like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Why? And he doesn't realize he just stole the Emperor's ship. He thinks he just stole some rich general's ship, and that he's just making the galaxy a better place by teaching that guy a lesson. Okay. Pretty cool series. Definitely read it. I hear that Han Solo's wife is popping up in a few issues. I didn't know Han Solo had a Neither did I. Oh, okay. All right, now we have all-new Hawkeye number five. A boy at odds with his big brother, a hero out of sync with his partner. Team Hawkeye, both past and present, is fractured. Things to, things come to a head as Barney, Clint, and Kate learn what it means to carry the name Hawkeye. So you have Hawkeyes across all dimensions, discombobulated, not sure what they're fighting for, got to figure it out, and got to live up to the mantle of Hawkeye. Okay. All right. <laughs> Flipping on over to DC's pages, we have Constantine the Hellblazer number four. I like how they kind of threw Hellblazer back in the title there. Yeah, well, well, because it's two different storylines. As you have Hellblazer... Which officially is, ended its run. Right, which was also like the longest-running comic book. Uh, and that was, you know, the original. And then when they, when they redid... Um, was it, did they redo it when the show came out, uh, or was it before that? They relaunched it a little bit when like, the New 52 kicked out, but they didn't call it Hellblazer. They, they just called, called it Constantine. Constantine. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, go go ahead. So, some very, very bad news since John Constantine on a magical bender through the darkened streets of London. This one's going to hurt in the morning. So, basically, John's getting drunk on magic, or he's up in the alcohol content and whatever the fuck he's drinking, and he's just like in an I-don't-give-a-fuck mood. <laughs> Wandering around the streets of London, tearing it up. If this is the type of Constantine you like, I recommend you pick up this book. Okay. Finally, rounding out all my reviews here, we have Harley Quinn number 20. Like Los Angeles didn't have enough problems with the DC Comics moving in, now Harley Quinn is determined to take over Tinseltown. She's an overnight industry entertainment sensation, but will the industry survive Harley's 15 minutes of fame? Basically, Harley lands in L.A. Everybody's like, ooh, look at Harley. Crazy girl. Used to be attached to the Joker. Studios may be lining up to try to get her to star in, you know, movies. But can Har- can Hollywood put up with her brand of crazy, which is when you look at her the wrong way, she cracks her skull in with a baseball bat. Yeah. Should just be an- another day in Hollywood. Yeah. All right, Jeff, what have you got for us? Uh, all right, coming out from Image uh, th- today is we have Sex Criminals number 12. Susie and John continue the worst recruitment plan in the history of, uh, of entertaining second act montage sequences, uh, getting the band together. <laughs> God damn it, theirs is so bad with this. Getting the band together uh, never had so many fluids. Fuck, man. Is this Sex Criminals? Yeah, Sex sex Criminals number 12. It's sticky. It's so sticky. It's so funny. Uh, Alrighty, uh, also coming out uh, this week is a good jumping on point for uh, No Mercy. Uh, Volume 1 trade paperback is out this week. A group of U.S. uh, teenagers are on a pre-college service trip, are stranded on a remote part of Central America after a horrible accident. Things get worse from there. This collects uh, No Mercy issues 1 through 4. And then a new comic is coming out this week, uh, Tokyo Ghost Number One. All right, this is they got a long description for this one set in the scene. So here we go. Uh, the uh, Isle of Los Angeles, uh, twenty eighty nine. Humanity is addicted to technology. A population of unemployed leisure seekers, blissfully distracted from toxic contamination, who borrow, steal, and kill to buy their next digital fix. Getting a virtual buzz is the only thing left to live for. It's the biggest industry, the only industry, the drug everyone needs, and gangsters run it all. And who uh, and who do these gangsters turn to when they need to need uh, need their rule uh, enforced? Constables Lead Dent and Debbie Decay. This duo is about to be given a job that will force them out of their familiar squalor of Los Angeles. Oh my God, this is launched Los Angeles to take down. The last tech, uh, last techless uh, ca- country on Earth, the Garden Garden Nation of Tokyo. God, okay, mouthful. So near future, everyone's addicted tech te- to technology, and there's one remaining uh, place in the world that doesn't have technology, and these two people are sent to take it over, so the gangsters can can basically control the world. 
Interesting, uh, interesting uh, concept. So uh, Tokyo uh, Ghost number one is out this week. Move on over to the uh, big screen of things. Alrighty, uh, up first, coming out this week, we have Everest. That's right, a, a movie about climbing, climbing Mount Everest. Starring Josh Brolin. Is it? IGN doesn't have him as one of the stars. Oh, yeah, he's in it. Uh, they got uh, Jason Clark, uh, who else? Uh, Thomas M. Wright, uh, Martin Henderson. John Hawks. Yeah, a, uh, a climbing expedition on Mount Everest is devastated by a severe snowstorm. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of every time they try to make a disaster movie in the mountains. Sorry, I just see this, this clip from The Simpsons of Grandma, Grandpa riding this frozen body oh, down, yeah. down I, Mount Springfield. I'm do. just like, even though that's really gross, could that like jokingly happen in a, <laughs> in a I movie? No, I don't think so. uh, Yeah, In a movie, absolutely. Yeah, in, no, in, not, in re- not real life. In real, real life, life that, no. would, that would be so terrible. No, but Sam, we don't live our life in real life. Uh, also coming out this week, the sequel to the Maze Runner, Maze Runner: The Scorched Trials. After having escaped the maze, the Gladers, and how did they get that name? I asked you before the show. Uh, they they were put in the center of a maze, and at the center of the maze was this glade that supported life, and they all got out of the glade. Oh, so it's like calling yourself a Texan or an American or a Canadian is like this is where we're from. We're Gladers. Yeah, we were from the glade that was in the maze. Okay, this is this is based off of a book for teenagers, isn't it? Yeah, this is. Not, I swear, all these authors got together and go, "Okay, you're going to write this dystopian future. I'm going to write this dystopian future, and you're going to write that dystopian future, and we're just going to roll around in millions of you dollars." You know what? Even though it's kind of like sounds a little cheesy and all that, I'm I'm at least happy that there are a lot of books geared towards teenagers about them standing up and revolting against oh, no. the man when they see Look, injustice. This is what I'm going to say. All these, like, I've seen, like, somehow through, like, some weird twist of fate, I've seen every one of these dystopian films. We- weird twist of fate? You mean going to the movie theater and making the conscious decision to be like, no, yes, I will buy a ticket being for like this Being like going movie. with a group or, like, last Friday, I was literally over at a friend's house, and he popped on Maze Runner because his girlfriend just bought it, and they were watching it, so I stuck around and watched <sighs> it, too. You know I mean? Like, this is how, like, I follow What if in- he totally killed that dude's mood? He's like, Sam... Just get the fuck out of here, man. It's it my girl's favorite movie. It was his girlfriend, his girlfriend's sister, me, and him. Okay. There now the there odds was, are yeah. good. Yeah, okay. let's say there was like okay. a mood-killing moment there. So, I mean, yeah, so I've seen all these, and guess what? None of them have been shitty movies. They've all been actually pretty damn good. Okay, well. So, right. Scorch Trials will probably beat out Everest. All right, so here we go. Uh, Scorch Trials. After having escaped the maze, the Gladers... Uh, now face a new set of challenges on the open road in a desolate landscape filled with, what is that, unimaginable obstacles. Alrighty, and then also, this is the one I'm really looking forward to, and I think it will uh, beat out both Scorch, well, no, because Scorch Trials has a bigger audience because it's PG-13, but definitely think it will beat out Everest, is uh, Black Mass is coming out this week. This is the new Johnny oh, yeah, Depp. Johnny Depp taking on the Whitey Bulger story. That's right. Uh, Dakota Johnson, uh, uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Okay. Uh, the true story of Whitey Bulger, the brother of a state senator and the most infamous violent criminal in the history of South Boston, who became an FBI informant to take down a mafia family invading his turf. That is some hardcore shit. I hate you so much that me as a criminal myself, I'm gonna go help the help the cops. That's how much I hate you and how I'm gonna get back at you for fucking with my turf. That's crazy. Uh, this movie looks amazing. I'm really excited to see it. Especially excited to see. Like, have you seen the previews for it? Yeah, no, oh, I've seen. Amazing it. that uh, that Cumberbatch is doing a Boston accent. Dude, the man can do anything. It's it's ridiculous. So those are the big movies uh, coming out this week uh, in movies. Uh, Sam, you got anything for Oh Shit I Forgot? I do. I just posted this to our Facebook page. All Ooh. right. Elizabeth Banks in talk to direct new Charlie's Angels film for Sony. So she kind of proved herself this summer with Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah, I, I heard it, I heard it was good. Wasn't as big a hit as the first one, but was still good. Yeah, it did about 183.7 million domestically which is pretty good good. yeah and elizabeth banks i mean great actress great comedian she knows her comedy (coughs) she's been on shows like 30 rock and films like zach and mary make a porno oh come on man she's been in better stuff than that what hot american summer what hot american summer hot american summer first day camp first pitch perfect um 
and other stuff. Lego uh, Movie. Yes, Lego Movie. That's the other one. Hunger Games. All right, Sam, we get it. But yeah, so she's an actress. I think she'd be an awesome director for a Charlie's Angels reboot. Okay, so it is going to be a reboot. So no, no, uh, Lucy Liu, no, no Cameron Diaz. No, no okay. Dr- are you sure she doesn't need to prove herself more, Jeff, before she gets behind the camera to direct such a big movie? No, because she's proven herself. She's already di- – she's – no. Fuck you, Sam. I see what you're doing. Fuck you. And no, it's a different situation. All right? All right. She has a history, Sam. All right? she She's in the fucking industry. All right? Like, it'd be like you. Be like, hey, Sam, we see that you're really good at doing IT work. We're going to put you in this movie about hackers, even though you've never acted before. That'd be a horrible decision. Because, sorry, buddy, but there's a reason why you didn't go into that line of work. I've acted right. before. You, huh? I've acted before. <laughs> <laughs> High school. Like, we didn't even have a theater department. College. You acted in college? Yeah, I was in like two or three one acts. What the fuck, man? For real? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fuck, man. Now it feels kind of weird feeling something new about my best friend that I didn't know. All right. Now I don't feel so close to you. Shit. All right. No. Jeff, uh, what's, your, what's your oh shit? Uh, I forgot. Disney is developing a uh, Mary Poppins sequel. This is not How a- How the fuck do you make a sequel this, to Mary Poppins? This is not a reboot of the original 1960s. Let me tell you how the movie, movie ends. She fixes the family. Spoiler alert. Hooks the dad up with a new woman. They fall in love. They're getting married. She flies off in the clouds. Well, apparently... What, does she find some new fucked up family in like a trailer park that needs her? I don't know. Apparently, it is continuing. Uh, it's 20 years... Is that... No. They really want it to be set 20 years after the 1964 movie, which puts it at like 84. Well, did, did the 64 film even take place in the 60s? No. I don't think so. No, because no, the, the mother was striking for the women's suffragette movement. Yeah, so... So, anyways, so the this new movie is going to be a full-on sequel, 20 years after uh, taking place after the original. It will continue to tell uh, the storylines uh, from the uh, P.L. Travers, uh, Travers books, focusing on the uh, magical nanny's uh, continuing adventures. And it says, with the Banks family. So, you know... She hooks some she hooks the dad up at, with with a new wife and the kids get a new mom and she just hangs around, you know. Maybe the maybe the marriage is on the rocks, who knows. But uh but this is this is kind of cool. So uh I, I would look forward to that. Also, uh just as a side note, Disney is also planning uh for a live action Aladdin prequel and they uh focusing on the realm of uh, genies and a live action film based off of Fantasia uh night on a uh, uh, that bald mountain yeah i'm not familiar with that one all right so that's what i got for uh oh shit i forgot all righty folks we want to thank you once again for uh tuning into this week's episode don't forget to check us out on facebook just do a search for my comic life in the facebook search bar you can also find us on instagram and twitter our handles on there uh they're both the same which is at my comic underscore life if you're listening to us through your ios device uh Thank you, for uh, first of all, for listening. But also, please, it really helps us out if you could rate and comment in the iTunes store. Uh, that, that really helps us. And also, tell your friends. And if they claim they can't listen because they don't have an iOS device, tell them that they can listen through the Podcast Republic and Podcast Attic app on their Android devices. Uh, they can't comment and review, but they can still subscribe, and we still see the numbers, and that still really helps us out. So, uh, you know, thank you for all the support, and don't forget to check out all the other great Next Wave radio shows. You got Joe and Joel; they do the editing bay. Sometimes they talk about good movies, sometimes they're bad. Uh, this past week, they talked about Varsity Blues. Things change, Mox. That's You're right. the starting quarterback and now. You know, and you know what? I got to say, growing up, I really liked Varsity Blues, but then listening to them talk about it and hearing you know, their perspective on things makes me makes me want to go back and rewatch it and look at it with a fresh oh, pair of eyes. I don't want them to ruin it for me. I still kind of like that film. It's cheesy and well, it's cheesy as all fuck. Don't, I'll, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll give you a little taste. They had, they had really good – both of them had really good points about how everyone in this movie is a piece of shit. So if you want to know more, go over and check them out. If you're really into sports, uh, stuff like the NFL, MLB, and the WWE, 
highly recommend MVP also on the Next Wave Radio Network. That's hosted by uh, Matt and Danny. And as I said, they talk about all things sports. So uh, thank you for listening. Sam, go ahead and close this out. Ditch the herd. Be a nerd. Stay strong out there, my friend. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.